You're listening to Insights for Living with Pastor Boju Oyemade. Pastor Boju is the senior pastor of the Covenant Nation. So you go out, but prayer is involved. And this is why people despise prayer. Because people, people that talk about prayer talk about it as though we use prayer to replace work. We use prayer to enable work. That's what is causing the problem. That's why people are displaying. If we are doing prayer like Daniel, which means there's a problem in the office, and then you go and say, let me go and talk to God. I will come back with his intelligence. We will solve it. And you came back with intelligence and solved it. Next time there's a problem, they will call you. Please, lead us in prayer. That's, they themselves will ask you, come and pray. Whichever religion, come and pray. Because we have seen that when you pray, more money comes into our pocket. So please be praying. In fact, they will organize prayer meeting at the beginning of the workplace for you to pray. Because they've seen that prayer translates to intelligence. Not that don't worry, I'll pray about it. I'm telling you, God will do it too. Then you are there eating sugar cane on the table. Do you get what I'm saying? <laughs> so let me show the, show the video. I almost forgot that. Show the video. Just to show you that the lion itself has strategy. Lion, does it? Now that's the lion. All right, we've circled it so you can see it. Now, the animal is coming. Can you see the lion is hiding? He didn't go and say, I'm the biggest here. He won't catch anything. Can you see the lion? You won't say, you say. Sorry, <laughs> lion came up. Same thing here. The lion is hidden there. He got his, he, the color of his, his skin blends with the thing. Can you see what I say? Strategy. Looking, is the youngest he's looking for. These ones are strong. These ones are strong. Then he went for that. The smallest, as strong as the lion is, he went for the weakest one. Are you following me? That's why somebody said, I want to go and open a business. You don't understand. The major players in the business, major forces in the business. Let's say you want to open an eatery. You say that, where, where are the eateries? The major players. Let's say they are Nadine You now go and plant beside them. Okay? You have to go to an area where there's no eatery. Where nobody is. Then you plant it there, beautiful colors. Then everybody comes. Then you look for another area where there is no battle. You plant. When you have got that strength, that you can take a loss just for the sake of branding, you go and plant there, knowing that you are making money somewhere else. Not that you go like, we say, where are they? <laughs> so the strategy God teaches he shows, all right, and teaches there, and shows things. All right, so when a group of people, right, to get the, now the strategy is, look, Jesus has conferred this upon a group. Yeah, the authority is given to stones when they come together so that nobody will say, I am the one. It is granted collectively and then manifested individually. Now, when a group of people define their goals, that's the target. And together, this group speak the same language of faith. They are an unstoppable force in prayer. Unstoppable. Scripture teaches this, and experience shows this. A united people, a group of people, which means who are a united people? A united people are not a group of people that meet every Sunday morning. A united people are not a group of people that talk, all right, every day and interact. 
A united people are not even people that marry themselves. A united people are a group of people, all right, pursuing a well-defined objective that is measurable. In other words, what makes people united? It means that this is our objective. All of us are pursuing that objective there. So what makes a team united, which means they may even have personal differences, but once it comes to, we want to, that's why you want to see Nigerians united, where nobody talks tribe, go and see football match. World Cup. All these things you are saying will disappear. I went to watch, I'll never forget, I got a revelation as a young child. Liberty Stadium, Nigeria versus Cameroon. There was this nice lady, well-dressed, everything sitting, you know, like babes and all of that, watching football, you know, and all of that. I, I was watching. Etimesi, Etim, that's his name now. He scored. Everybody was shouting. This girl grabbed me. I, I was trying to put, she, <laughs> this is, I, I, under no circumstances she have grabbed me like that if it wasn't football. She, she had forgotten. I said, grab me, God! I said, this is somebody, if you do like it, she will slap you. Now he's holding you. Can't you? I was struggling to get out of her grief. Say, leave me. <laughs> Unity when there is what? Common objective. In other words, once you know the goal, you are all united. A measurable thing is something that can be imagined. In other words, anything that is measurable, your imagination, you have to be able to imagine it. All right, you can paint the picture on your mind. Now, quickly let's look at Genesis chapter 11, verse 1 to 6. So these are elements of believing prayer. All right, the results of it is wisdom comes in. You have a goal, you come together and believe in prayer, you get the wisdom to get that thing done. Now, look at, here. what is going on. The whole earth was of one language and one speech. Now, everybody was speaking the same language and they had one speech. God didn't say anything. He didn't say they were united. All right, next thing here. It says that it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of China and they dwelt there. Verse 3. And they said to one another, go to, now this is where the issue began, go to let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime for, for the mortar. And then, and they said, go to let us build, a, build us a city. Now they define the goal. And a tower whose top may reach to heaven. And let us make us a name by that thing they will accomplish, lest we be what? Scattered abroad upon the face of the earth. Verse 5, and the Lord came down to see what? Their goal. The city and the tower which the children built. And the Bible says, the Lord said, behold, the people is what? One. He didn't say it when they were speaking the same language. He said it when they had the same objective. Do you get what I'm saying there? There is what? One. And they have one language. And he says, now the language will kick in. Because they're speaking one language, this objective they have will happen. And this they begin to do. Now nothing shall be restrained from them that they have what imagined to do. You see that? All right. So through believing prayer, language was always the same, but the people became one when they decided to put their hearts together for the fulfillment of a well-defined goal. Through believing prayer, believing prayer is persistent praying, knowing that the answer is certain because when you are praying, the answer is real before you. Let me repeat that. When you are praying, the answer is real before you. 
All right? The answer is certain. It is prayer that now depends on praise to get the results there. So this is persistence in prayer. In fact, this morning when I was getting ready for service, something struck my mind is true. Of all the qualities required to be successful in prayer, consistency and persistence is the biggest. That's what Jesus said. He said, this man said, I, I will not. He said, but because of thy continual coming. In other words, persistent in the place of prayer. It is a prayer journey in which, yes, you will have certain temporal setbacks. But your joyfully persists, knowing that it's going to come through. That every temporal setback is just a readjustment in your mindset as to how it will happen. It's not that whether or not it will happen, it's just the way you thought it will happen that has been adjusted. And what it therefore leads to is a revelation of what must be done. Now, at this point, as I conclude, we now go deeper into something here. So, this is persistence, and the result of it is light breaks. And you know exactly these are the steps that we are to take, and it now happens. Now, we have talked about the fact that it's a spiritual house, living stones that come together to form a spiritual house. Now, this house, in relation to persistence and rejoicing, Look at Hebrews chapter 3 from verse 5 to 6, which means what makes you a house. And Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. But Jesus, as a son over his own house, whose house are ye? If you hold fast, that is, this house you come into, if you hold fast, so that tells you that in that house you are going to collectively push all right, you have to hold fast. It says, your confidence and rejoicing of hope firm unto the end. We've said, believing prayer is prayer that prevails through praise. Now, it says, hold fast your confidence and rejoicing of hope until the manifestation. What is the confidence? First John 5 and verse 14. It says, this is the confidence that we have in him. That if we ask anything according to his will, he heareth us. Next verse, and if he hears us, we know that we have those things that we have desired of him. So you have gone to God in prayer, all right, for something, and then you are holding fast. That's why it's called in some places, my house is a house of prayer. In some places, it refers to that prayer, that word is praise. Because a mixture of prayer and praise. You hold fast your confidence and the rejoicing of hope firm to the end. It's a prayer journey where instead of hardening your heart, all right, at disappointment, let me tell you this now, we are doing things, look, my friend, let me tell you, this journey of faith we are in, we go through disappointments. Things don't work the way you thought they would work. Sometimes you don't, we don't like to expose people to, to, to challenges sometimes because some people might even doubt whether God is with them. Because if people see the kind of challenges, they may look at it and say, I wish your God is here. Because people can be fickle. They can say, we're going back to Egypt. I wish your God is here. People don't know that people that get things done go through stuff. Let me tell you this. They go through a series of what others call setbacks, but they know this is the journey. They understand it is the journey. 
So, for example, we're opening centers, and, and someone told me last time when in Abuja said, uh, uh, well, they explained because second service, uh, there was humming, and, uh, and you know, uh, the wire, I said, oh boy, welcome to the business. The wire goes hot. It showed that before you were a congregation, now you are a leader. You will know that wire actually has been going hot for a long time. So stuff happens. Do you understand what I'm saying? All right? When you are the journey of faith, stuff happens. And when it happens, God says, become, enter into my house. Get into my economy. All right? Hold fast your confidence and rejoicing of hope. Firm. All right? On to the end. Verse 7 to 11 there. It tells us we should not harden our hearts. Therefore, the Holy Ghost says, today, if you are going to listen to the voice of God, what's the voice of the Holy Spirit? Harden not your heart. In the day of provocation, in the day of, of temptation in the wilderness, the Holy Spirit is saying to you, this is the voice. I want to hear the voice of God. The voice of God says to you, do not harden your heart when you go through provocation and temptation in the wilderness. That is where you should offer the sacrifice of praise. That is where you should sing to me about your prayer being answered. That's where you should worship me. That comes from Psalm 95. When you get home, you can read Psalm 95. That's where he got it from. Let us wow before our maker. Let's worship him for we are the sheep of his pasture. He says this, today if you will hear his voice, for he is our God. Harden not your heart. He picks it up from there. Where did it come from? Verse 1. It says, let us worship. Go to Psalm 95. Come, let us sing to our maker. Which means in that place there of provocation, sing, all right, to your maker. Now, what does this do? It is the person who is singing to his maker and worshiping there that gets this wisdom. That's where the heavens open over your soul and you get the intelligence of God. That's where you pass the test. If you go discouraged, if you go dampened, are you following what I'm saying here? If you are discouraged and dampened, then you're never going to see what you ought to do. The person who's going to get that wisdom went flat to worship at that point. No hardness, no resentment towards. So let me close by showing First Peter chapter 1 here from verse 4. And that's where I want to tie something together. First Peter chapter 1 verse 3. It talks about, Blessed be God who according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again unto a lively hope to the resurrection of Jesus from dead to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you. Okay? Now, this inheritance that you have is not hocus because Where is the inheritance? The inheritance will be manifested to you through the work of your hands. Because Colossians chapter 3 and verse 24 says, You shall walk with the singleness of heart as unto the Lord, Colossians, knowing that of the Lord you shall receive the reward of the inheritance for yourself. So this inheritance, as you are walking, where you are walking, God opens your eyes to see things. Now, it says to an inheritance, 1 Peter 1, 4, undefiled that fadeth not away reserved in heaven for you. All right, verse 5. He now says, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto this salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. Verse 6. It says, wherein you greatly rejoice. That's what we're saying. Though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptation. But the functional word is you greatly rejoice even though you are going through temptations and pressure. Next verse, it says that the trial of your faith, 
being much more precious than gold and silver that perisheth, though it be tried with fire, may be found unto praise, honor, and glory at the appearing of Jesus. The appearing of Jesus doesn't mean here the second coming of Jesus just like that. It means when Jesus shows up in that situation and brings you to an understanding of what's going on and you have a manifestation of Christ. Now, the next verse. He says, whom have you not seen? Remember, blessed are those that believe. All right? What did he say to Thomas? He said, though you, you, you say it, now you believe because you have seen, but blessed are those that believe, even though they don't do what? See. Now, let's see what believing prayer is. What does it mean? Whom have you not seen, you love. In whom though now you see him not, Yet, believing, you do what? You rejoice with joy unspeakable, full of glory. He says, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your soul. So, believing prayer is a prayer that is backed up with joy unspeakable, full of glory for that thing. Even though you haven't seen it. Believing means you are rejoicing with joy unspeakable. You can be praying about it, but if you are sad while you are praying, you are, it's not believing prayer. If your mood is swinging as you are praying, it's not believing prayer. Believing prayer is prayer where you rejoice with joy unspeakable, full of glory. One time, people were in a prayer meeting, John Gillick said it, and he said, somebody said, stop, we have been praying, let us start believing. And he continued writing. I knew what he said was, let us start rejoicing that we have it. Many people are praying about things, but they are hoping that one day to happen, not rejoicing that they already have it. Believing prayer is prayer that is backed with joy, which means there are some mornings you wake up and you don't pray in tongues, you rejoice with joy unspeakable, full of glory that is yours now. In the evening, you pray about it. Next morning, do you get what I'm saying here? You spend the time, not that... Not that, not that the bread of, of the bread is prayer. Uh, 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 praise is just small butter you put on it. Praise is an essential part, which means you can dedicate 40 minutes to praising him. Do you understand what I'm saying? Not that you just say, Father, I praise, I praise you, and then you pray. And then you finish, Father, I praise you, and go. Praise! I was taught prayer. Nobody ever sat down and taught me praise. I found it. That praise is that joy unspeakable. So you are rejoicing. It says there shall be a performance of those things that were told her. Blessed is she that believes. What does that mean? Blessed is she that is rejoicing in things with joy unspeakable. There shall be a what? Performance of those things. So praise has to get into what you're doing. Now when you begin to praise him, this is where wisdom now starts coming in. So let me close with it to show you this, all right, that that's where the house, that you have to come down. This is deep now, but you, I've said enough for anybody to know what to do, so let's, I can go into theology now and I'm okay. The message, I'll preach the message, okay? So let me now do theology and enjoy myself. So those of you that are theologians with me, let's go on in this message, okay? So you already, it's enough what you've heard. All right, so let's look at it now. Let, let's go on. First Peter chapter 1 here, verse 9. All right, so it goes, receiving the end of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Now, what's the salvation? Next verse, it says, of which salvation? So, we, so when we begin to rejoice, what are we going to receive? The goal of our faith, which is the salvation of our souls. Not the manifestation, but the fact that the soul is what? Saved. Now, that is going to lead to manifestation. For it says, of which salvation? That's this salvation that will enter your soul. 
The prophets have inquired and searched diligently who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what and what manner of time the Spirit of Christ which was in them did signify when he testified beforehand of the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Verse 12. To whom it was revealed, so this salvation is revealed, that not unto themselves but unto us did they minister these things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things angels desire to look into. In other words, Jesus said, these things prophets and kings have desired is given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom, but to those that are without, it will be done in parables. This rejoicing will lead to a place where you receive the end of your faith, the salvation of your soul, which means your soul begins to see things that angels themselves haven't seen. You understand things angels don't understand. God begins to show you how we created. It says that's the way to do it. That's the way I've done it. And, and that's what you're saying. It's given to you to know the mysteries. That's when you are taught. That's when Isaac could understand how to sow in famine. No other human being knew they had that information apart from him. It comes through that. The goal is well defined. The praise and prayer go up. You go through a test for it. You stay in the place of worship. Light comes into you. Now, so what happens is what the prophets prophesied, that wisdom that is contained in it enters into your soul. You understand deep spiritual things. That's why Paul could, could, could close and end. Let me just end here. In Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 19. Remember, we're talking about a house now. Ephesians 2 and verse 19. And you could say, there are no more strangers, all right, and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints of the household of God. And he says, you are built upon the foundation of the apostles and prophets, all right, Jesus himself being the chief cornerstone, where, all right, whom the whole building fitly framed together, groweth up into a holy temple into the Lord. And then he says, in whom you are built together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. But you are built on, on the foundation of Jesus, but the prophets, and which means you now have insights into what the apostles were saying. You have insights. These are a group of people that are working in what is called the mysteries of the kingdom of God. How did they get these mysteries? They were praying impossible things. They entered into the place of worship when things were like this and worshipped their way into the revelation knowledge. And that revelation knowledge is deep insight into things that God taught them that they understood that they now went out into the field and with that information, they were able to gather things. All right? So when you see them on the field, you don't know them as men of prayer or people of prayer. You know them as people of information. These are intelligent people. These are people that know stuff. These are people that you sit down with, you talk with them. My friend, they know stuff. I was talking to the HR group yesterday, and they asked me, they, 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 one of them type said, they asked me HR, because it was HR. And I was in a meeting. It was quite strange. They were on a panel, all right, at the Citadel there. And I had to come out because I told them 2 o'clock I had the meeting. And, and the building, the concrete walls around, there was no signal. So I had to go into the corridor, put off the video because it was Zoom. I'd be walking on the corridor and be teaching. Well, that's the new world we are in, all right, on leadership and post-COVID. So I was practicing post-COVID leadership, all right, teaching. Then they asked me about centers that they opened. And I said, if you are going to ever be brilliant, you have to understand how ideas have sex. You have to take an idea from your industry and then you have to go out of your industry to go and get an idea that has worked. You have to bridge both ideas together to create a new idea in your industry that 
And I told them, I said, that is the way genius is. So I told them all these centers that were opening. It's not by chance we went to cinemas because I went into the world of entertainment and Hollywood to go and get an idea. Then I bridged it with the traditional Christian faith to create centers in those places that I knew will work because the traditional thought works and the cinema also works. Do you understand what I'm saying? So it cannot fail for bridging two successful ideas together. And Paul practiced it because some people don't know Paul practiced it. Then Paul say, according as your poets have written. You don't know that scripture? He knew what their poets were saying too. Are you for it? Because you can't preach to people if you are not culturally relevant. Do you understand what I'm saying here? You can't just be talking Bible if you are not culturally relevant. If you are not speaking into the context of people's lives, you are talking as a stranger and as a barbarian. What you are saying must be usable, must be useful to people, must fit into their own lives. That's why I taught you how God gives wisdom to a farmer so that you know that anything you are doing, there is wisdom. I could have taught you gifts of the Holy Ghost and inside church. What you think wisdom is, is that we shake a bit and then somebody gets up and says, the Lord is saying, the Lord is saying. Now that is there, but that's not the only manifestation of word of wisdom. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yes. Because you can be saying, the Lord is saying, the Lord is saying. And go home and, and, and beat your wife black and blue, but in church, you are shaking and saying, the Lord is saying. That means you don't even have wisdom to handle trouble inside your house, but you can shake and say, the Lord is saying. We are tired of that. Yes. Let's take the veil off. Yes, All right? Don't come and start doing shagabah, shagabah inside church. My ghost, and we think you are super spiritual, only for you to get to work. And, and I mean, there was somebody in church who, I mean, let me just hide everything, was doing something, and somebody told me, said, Pastor, I was embarrassed. We were on the queue, and this person of low debt. I was about to go and greet this person as church person of low debt. I think it was that, this many years ago, so you can't know the person though. This is about, um, God is my witness, about 13, 14 years ago. The person was an HOD. When they offloaded on the cashier, she said, I was about to say my church, I just went back went <laughs> and went back to the queue and was looking as the church person gone. Yes, said pastor. This is not the person we know in church, pastor. All right? So we don't want that. That is putting a veil over your face. Do you understand? Something? Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for a word. Thank you for utterance. I pray for every single person under the sound of my voice that you will go further, do a deeper work in them, and cause this to bring forth fruit 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. With all heads bowed and eyes closed. If you are here this morning, you heard this message. It centers upon the activity of the Holy Spirit on the inside of you, who is the one who will teach you all things, show you things to come, guide you into all the truth. He is the intelligence of God within you to do this. Let's all rise to our feet. All right. I declare over everybody under the sound of my voice into your lives. This week, in the name of Jesus Christ, I say that the Lord shall order your steps aright so the very place that what you have been praying about shall be made manifest in the name of Jesus. If you are under the sound of my voice and you are in trouble as a result of a legitimate, legitimate trouble as a result of a mistake that you have made in the past, 
Here is God's word unto you. Jesus died for that situation. The lawful captive is now set free. He that has been taken as the prey of the mighty is released from that grave. You are set free this morning in the name of Jesus Christ. That situation shall turn around and you shall find favor in the eyes of those that once put the rod on your back in the name of Jesus. This podcast is brought to you by the Covenant Nation. For more information, visit www.insightsforliving.org. Thank you and God bless.